It's a Ben Fred Friday on Scoops with DannyMac.com. Lots to get into as we visit, as always, on a Friday morning with Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We're brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group, a great alternative to surgery. So if you are planning on having surgery, make sure you call the doctors at Blue Tail Medical Group, Doctors Wolf, Bays, Crane, doctors all over the world going to Chesterfield to find out how they're keeping people in the game, not just sports, but in everyday life and avoiding surgery. And that's bluetailmedicalgroup.com. Really do yourself a favor. Lots of people on this podcast have heard that and uh, and it's kept them in the game and avoiding surgery. Ben, good morning. As always, good to hear your voice. How are things going? Happy Friday, Dan. Doing well, man. What's uh, what's new with you? Well, not much, but uh, there's a lot going on in the NFL, and I know so many people that tune into our Friday visits are curious about the lawsuit with the situation of the, the city and the Rams and what's happening with Stan Kroenke. So I'll just ask you a simple question. What's the latest? What's going on there? The latest in terms of hard news, Dan, is that the latest request from the Rams and the NFL side to get the venue changed was denied by the Missouri Court of Appeals. So what does that mean? Uh, Well, what we'd like for it to mean is that we stop having to talk about this, having to go through a change of venue request, right? That Everybody's sick of hearing about this. Um, There could be another plea, another attempt by the Rams to get this thing moved. They could take it to the Supreme Court. Um, They have tried to take things to the very, very end of the line before, so I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, but it would be very unlikely now that they get this thing moved out of St. Louis. So all signs point toward a trial happening um, in St. Louis in January if it indeed continues to move along this path. So that's the latest in terms of hard news here in St. Louis. Um, The biggest news elsewhere was uh, Seth Wickersham's bombshell of of a report that uh, you know the NFL owners are are now starting to get at odds with Stan Kroenke over him trying to wiggle out or at least revisit the terms of the indemnification agreement that he signed when the Rams were cleared to move to Los Angeles. Every owner who was up for the race to LA got to or was asked to sign a, an indemnification agreement that basically put them on the hook for any legal fallout. Now. Kroenke is basically asking, I think it's going to be a revisiting of what exactly that means. Is it is it the legal fees? Is it the legal fees of what could come out of a, a trial or a settlement if one is reached? Um, he wants some clarity on that, and the owners are not thrilled that he seems to be getting cold feet on this. Not a lot of tears shed for them here in St. Louis, but it could complicate matters for the league. Um, probably a win for St. Louis, Dan, because it's more of a divided front. You'd much rather have... Uh, have a lawsuit that's going against a divided party than one that's that's seen everything on the same page. How ugly do you think it might get between the owners on this? Oh God, uh, a lot of egos, a lot of lots of money in that room, um, and and some people who I, I think are kind of you know hot about this entire issue. The owners are mad that this has lingered on. They're mad this hasn't been taken care of. They're mad that their financial information, that their documents, their cell phone records are being caught up in this day. And especially everyone who was on the Los Angeles committee, Seth Wickersham had comments, uh, you know, through sources about guys like John Mara owning the Giants saying, look, we would have never approved this move if, if we didn't think Stan was going to be on the hook for any fallout from it. Other owners like like Robert Kraft raising fair questions about, hey, if you're going to let us be kind of on the 
make up the firing squad here for for lawsuits because we were on the committee, then no one's ever going to want to be a part of a committee ever again, which kind of seems like a fair point. So there's some frustration there. And there's also Jerry Jones defending Stan Kroenke, saying this guy's done a lot for the league. Now, of course, Jerry got a benefit of signing the Legends contract with SoFi Stadium as soon as it opened. So he's clearly vested in seeing Stan success and he's loyal to Stan. But if it turns into Stan and Jerry versus the rest of the owners, that could be a very powerful fight that would give Roger Goodell a lot of gray hair. In terms of the national media now really starting to focus on this and Seth's uh, report on ESPN.com was a bombshell uh, do you see more and more people now starting to say, hey, what what is going on with this thing? And we need to dig a little bit more and shed even more light on this. I do think it's going to be getting more and more attention. Um, and, and to Seth's credit, you know, I, I told him this. Not not all national media is the same, right? Um, Seth has been covering this. He he was the first reporter who, who learned of the indemnification agreement that all the owners signed. That was back when he wrote a big story about kind of the race to L.A., he, of course, views things through more of a league view in terms of what's important to the league. And for a long time, this lawsuit wasn't deemed that important to the league. They kind of thought it was no big deal. Now it is. So I, I do think the coverage will continue to increase. Um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk has been all over it. Um, and he's been the one who's really begging that drum of a, you know, a potential expansion team. And I asked Seth Wickersham, I did a, an interview, a long one with him at stltoday.com. And I just said, hey, what's your your feeling on the league's appetite for expansion here and he kind of said i don't hear it i don't i don't have anybody telling me that but also said you know florio is is clearly talking to people who are suggesting that could be the case so he didn't shoot it down he just said that it's not what his sources are telling him um randy Carricker talked to mayor tashara jones this week and she re- reiterated that she would not be in favor of anything that resulted in pu- a publicly funded stadium which that's not very surprising and i think that underscores the the all the dots that would have to be connected for there even be a chance of that um you know you have to have an owner you'd have to have a stadium a place to play you have to have you know, a way for this the team not to be moved the nfl would have to want to give up the team and they're the, the powerful people in st louis would have to want one so maybe it happens crazier things have happened but uh we don't we don't really think that that's uh on the table or a legitimate you know offer right now we'll see how how the nfl continues to twist and turn as this trial approaches yeah randy was at the announcement for the president's cup coming to st louis which is a massive announcement for sports and certainly for golf fans as it puts st louis back on the international stage so tashara was there uh governor parson was there Hey, I was there. I got to MC it at Bell Reef. So that was a big they deal. They anybody okay. in those things. They man. really would. And and there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, but it was cool. And I, that leads me to my next thing. The President's Cup coming to St. Louis. And the, the prevailing thought, and again, at a press conference like that, you're going to get a lot of people that are excited uh, to, to have this kind of sporting event come to St. Louis. But once again, the prevailing thought was, this is a great sports town. And more and more, it's shedding light on the stuff that the Sports Commission brings here. It's not just the Blues, the Cardinals, and soon-to-be MLS. It's everything in between of just how well St. Louis will support sports. And they do. We do it so well here. Oh, man. I mean, go back to, I mean, really, like, right before the pandemic. I mean, everything from the you start with Winter Classic, NHL All-Star Game, um, PGA Championship, the, the, I mean, you have the Ascension Charity Classic just recently. The, you have the NASCAR race coming. I mean, everything that comes here sets records. 
Um, you know, every everything that is planted here and wants to be here thrives. So I, that's what I get, you know, to kind of connect the dots to the NFL. To me, it's not about, you know, I, I keep hearing this argument, well, St. Louis needs an NFL team to prove that it can support one or needs to prove that it matters as a, and it's like, well, if you view, if your view is, is the only thing that matters in sports is having an NFL team, then I guess you feel that way. I've seen, I've seen millions of other reasons to say that's not the way people should view things. I mean, you can't tell me this city doesn't love and support and, 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 you know, go nuts for sports. When you look at attendance for the Cardinals, you look at attendance for the blues, you look at what this, what this president's cup tournament will sell. I mean, I'm sure that if they announced the ticket sales yesterday, they'd be sold out by today. It's 10 years away. Um, you know, and, and there'll be people counting down the days on calendars. They haven't bought yet for this thing. Uh, and, and that's, that's really, it speaks to, people realizing that if you plant your flag you're going to get supported here and it speaks to the sports fans here for a while there was this perception well this will show this will show the nfl what they missed out on and that's a fine way of viewing it but i don't think that uh, it doesn't have to be that and i don't think it is that i think it's just genuine support and interest and passion for sports um we saw it in the battle hawks we saw it in uh, the gymnastics trials that came here um, everything that 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 comes to St. Louis gets supported, and if the NFL doesn't see that or doesn't want to be a part of it, um, that's on them. And, and there's a difference between wanting to have an NFL team, or being a, there's a difference between being able to support an NFL team and wanting to. And, and I think that a lot of people are okay knowing they they could, but they don't want to. Don't you think that those in government, political officials, though they need to do their due diligence? And my point is this. If you just said it wasn't sports and it wasn't the NFL and it wasn't uh, football coming to St. Louis, but yet there was a the possibility, an inkling, rumors out there that business X wants to come to St. Louis or maybe forced to come to St. Louis, but would mean a huge amount of money for your region and for your city, that you'd, you'd, you'd welcome it with open arms. I think if you if you detach the sports element away from this and had guarantees that they weren't moving and solid local ownership, all those things, people be jumping at it. And I, I just if the NFL says they want to come to St. Louis, then or maybe they feel forced to, you got to welcome them. You got to say, yeah, let's let's kick the tires on this and see if there's any uh, fire to that smoke that we see kind of pilfering through the air. You know, <laughs> I, I just think that if you're a government official, you have to do your due diligence with that. Due diligence is a good way to describe it, um, and, and it means answering those questions that we trotted out earlier. Who owns it? What's keeping them from leaving? How how invested how invested is the league? Well, look, put it this way: Hey, if I'm the governor or if I'm the mayor, um, and I understand you're going through a million different tentacles that could make this almost impossible. Who knows? It, could, it it's going to be very very difficult. But my point being is, if there's somebody there that wants to invest in St. Louis, a major business. Uh, I want to find out about it because I got to do the best for my constituents, which is to make this the best possible place to live. Totally. And, and the, there is, uh, you know, a theory where if they checked all these boxes, then maybe it could be presented in a way that this is a legitimate um, admission from the NFL that it's screwed up and it's doing this to make it right. But those details would really matter. Um, you know, and, and that's what I, you know, that's the part that, that no one can answer right now. And it doesn't mean that no one can answer it. So we should never talk about it. It just means that there's a lot of this, what if scenario that would have to be filled in and it would have to be filled in, in a way that, that showed the league's true intent was to make a meaningful 
um, you know, return to, to St. Louis. And I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of scar tissue that would have to be danced, they cut through. And there's a lot of, a lot of guarantees that would have to be made for, for the region to feel good about jumping into that thing. Um, and it should, I mean, it should be a high totally. bar for the NFL to have. I'm just saying kick the tires. If there's something there, oh, let's be find kicked. out. <laughs> well, be, no, something else is going to get kicked. It's going to be kicked somewhere else. <laughs> well, the can will be kicked down the road. Thank the you. NFL's, the NFL's, uh, you know, idea is to just drag this on as long as it possibly can. And then, you know, you know that if no matter what verdict comes, if they don't like it in a trial, they're going to appeal. So, uh, you know, for folks who want to see a settlement, they should really beat that drum. I'm, I'm just following along like everybody else. But if you want a quick and tidy resolution and want your money in hand, then you should root for a settlement because then it could it could be done sooner. But again, the problem with the idea of the settlement, Dan, who pays it? And now there's fighting between Kroenke and the owners about who's on the hook. Yeah. I, I want to get into, you know what, Mizzou is, you know what, 38, depending on what you're looking at, 40-point underdogs going to number one Georgia. They have been awesome this year. So let's just advance this story. Luther Burden has committed to Mizzou. He's a, a kid that has garnered a ton of attention. So my question would be to you, Ben, what has happened since he signed? What kind of excitement has he been able to generate in terms of maybe potentially bringing some other kids with him? Well, he's recruiting as hard as Eli Drinkwitz. He's texting his buddies, his pals. He's talking with other players in the class trying to say, hey, come with me. Now, we haven't seen any proven results from that yet. We'll see if uh, we'll see if he can uh, maybe help some guys get flipped or kind of be uh, the Robin to Drinkwitz's Batman on some recruiting tandem uh, moving forward. Um, but you're right. It, he said from the day that he committed, I've been recruiting to Mizzou and I'm going to continue to. So nothing um, recruits guys better than star players going there and saying, come with me. And he's already been in communication with Sam Horn, the quarterback that he's going to be having a chance to play with at Mizzou, depending on how the depth chart takes out there. So no, no proven signs of, Hey, that's uh, happening yet. Although, uh, you know, I know that Drinkwitz is very actively recruiting some of the teammates that he plays with at, at East St. Louis, including some, some impressive um, linemen, both on the offensive and defensive fronts. And the fact that their star receivers go in there, that, that makes a difference. So it's already happening at a local level. You know, Burden's, uh, he's got Snapchat and, and Instagram and social media and text and all those guys talk now across the country. Sure. So, you know, he's doing his part to lean on players. So it's a little different now when, when Eli walks, uh, walks into East, East side and, and, and goes to make an offer and it, maybe his uh, text bubbles are popping up with a little more, uh, a little more underlines on their names because of because of guys no burden committed there over Georgia too. So unfortunately for Eli, we'll see if uh, we'll see if Kirby Smart takes that out on him uh, on Saturday. So Tuesday it is uh, the kickoff locally here for SLU and basketball uh, following this weekend, and that night will be really a remembrance and a celebration of Ford Stewen, uh, the nephew to Coach Ford at SLU. And there's a bunch of different things that are planned for that game. So please get your tickets and come out and support Coach Ford. And they lose Javante Perkins for the year. And Mizzou Hoops will also tip off that night. I believe it's against Central Michigan and uh, I think SLU Central Arkansas. But both teams tipping off Tuesday night. How about your expectations for both SLU and Mizzou? Well, first of all, let's start with the most important thing. I'm glad they're doing that for, for Ford. Um, I had a chance this offseason to talk with Travis about you know, just a impossible to understand loss in his family and for that team and 
you know, it, it clearly struck Travis and, and it made him rethink some things as any, any, any time that you lose a loved one like that does. And, um, you know, it's Ford's legacy is living on in that team and it's living on in coach Ford, who has, who is doing some things uh, differently and kind of reevaluating some of the, some of the things, not that he was doing anything bad, but he was coaching all the time, nonstop. And I do think he's maybe tried to make point to, to catch his breath and, uh, you know, value some time away from the court a little bit more, which, you know, his, his nephew was always leaning on him to do. Um, so that's, uh, that's something that uh, should be celebrated and it'll be a, an emotional night there at Shafe. So I'm glad they're, they're doing that. As for the team, Man, I feel sick for Javante. Um, I love watching Javante Perkins play basketball. Um, and I, I actually sent him a note telling him I was sorry for to hear about his injury because it, on top of just the fact that he worked so hard and was going to be the big man on campus this year, Dan, college basketball, what, the, one of the complaints I hear about it these days is it's clunky, it's way too physical, it's bogged down, it's a bunch of you know, just guys running into the paint and throwing the ball at the rim. And it, it's all contact, no finesse, no, no kind of jazz to the, to the hard rock music. And Javante is a smooth, silky scorer. Very fun to watch, especially in a college game that doesn't always bring that A guy who's can score in a ton of different ways. Very understated. Travis had to lean on him to even score, shoot more. Um, and I thought he was really ready for a star turn this year. Um, now that you know, now that he was going to have to be that guy with with French and Goodwin gone, so I hate it for him. I hope he bounces back, and I think he's going to be playing basketball for a long time. Um, whether who knows where, but I think he'll be getting paid to play before it's all said and done. They've got to find a way to rally without him. Everybody's got to be a little bit better. Um, you know, Yuri Collins has to score a little bit more. Um, guys have to you know, make a couple more free throws a game, grab. So everybody who, who has a strength has to do that thing a little bit better to make up for a loss like this. If there is a small silver lining to it, it happens when you've had a chance to practice a little bit, kind of mentally prepare for being without Perkins. At Mizzou, Dan, we got to figure out who these guys are. Conzo's um, done an interesting thing here. He's really got two guys in Pickett um, and Brown coming back. Everybody else is new. He didn't go full on graduate transfer where they're all going to be one and done guys. He basically welcomed the new roster and by staggering transfers throughout the team. And the, the big thing is going to be, how do these guys build chemistry? How do they play together? Um, they've got some intriguing names. Deshaun Gordon, the kid from Kansas state, who was a really highly ranked player out of uh, Chicago initially. Uh, I think he can be a real, really key defensive addition for the Tigers, a real athletic player. Um, they've got a couple other transfers who are kind of trying to make that Cassius, you know, Robinson jump up in class, that Drew Smith jump, which they've done a good job of identifying guys who can do that. Um, and, and we'll see if, if they can kind of continue that. Jerron Boogie Coleman is a, a transfer out of Ball State. He's going to be fun to watch. Got some sizzle to his game. So for folks who don't know a lot about this team, check him out. And, uh, and, and let's see if these new guys can create an identity on the fly here. As always, we're brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. And, uh, Ben, I'm going to wrap it up with this. What are you working on this weekend for the Post? Got a couple columns. Uh, Dan, here's a, here's a tease. Did you know it's been 10 years since uh, Missouri joined the SEC? It's already been a decade. Wow. Um, I catch up with uh, former Mizzou Athletics Director Mike Alden about the, the, the role he played, a pivotal role in getting the Tigers to the SEC. And, yeah, I talked to him a little, about, a, bit, a little bit about what he thought when he heard the news that Texas and Oklahoma were joining the league the, the Tigers left for. I like that. That's a good one. I'm looking forward to that. You actually did some work. I, I'm appreciative of that. 
Well, I mean, not all of us can just go to golf luncheons all week. Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> this is, again, brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. Find out more at bluetailmedicalgroup.com. Ben, as always, great work at the Post, and thanks for doing this, and we'll catch you up next week. Sounds good, brother. Have a good weekend.